Welcome back, Lumberjack fans. Hope Amen. You're, hope you're having a this is it a glorious Sunday after that. This is it. This is it after that stellar win to Sam Houston. I don't know. It, Yikes! It made it made for an excellent weekend and a nice end of the season. Wait. Very bittersweet, but. Oh, for sure. I, I, there's nothing better, honestly, than going down to Sam Houston to the, you know, the lesser of the Johnson Coliseums and coming out of Huntsville with a win um, and just kind of cementing our dominance over the Bearcats on the hardwood. There really isn't anything better. And so, man, oh, man, it is a lot bittersweet, though, because it was our, you know, our last game of the season for basketball. Um, you know, I hate the way that it ended in like in the grand scheme of things the fact that we're not you know going to a tournament or any postseason play not due to anything that our current team did wrong which is again the worst part I feel like about the whole thing it Um, is the worst it it still chaps my ass but what what are we gonna do and um you know there's just a lot to unpack and thankfully Jacqueline and I decided to do a separate postseason kind of recap of the entire season and we'll also talk about stats and we'll talk about you know all the things going on that will be moving parts going into our new conference and then we'll, we're also planning on doing an entire podcast uh, about the whack you know we did one earlier this season with Daryl and it was just basically just talking about their experience in the whack and you know um, you know how what we have to look forward to from their standpoint. And so, but we're going to talk actually soon with, uh, with one of our favorite persons, people <laughs> in the athletic department and um, really, really talk about us going to the whack and what we have to look forward to and all the moving parts with that. So there's a lot to look forward to. There's a and we'll remind you guys this at the end of this, at the end of the podcast, I almost said semester. Um, my, mind, my mind is on spring break mode and I'm just like trying to get it off of spring break mode uh, so that I can actually function right now. Um, it's just wild. Anyway, so yeah, I'm excited, but we'll talk more about that later. But man, oh man, what a, what a final, what a game for the final game in the Southland. I tell you what. Nothing better than a win against Sam. Literally nothing. I mean, honestly, and I, I, I'm going to save my comments for that actually <laughs> until we get to the uh, feats of strength because I don't want to. I don't want to kind of ruin what I have planned for that. But okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll curb my comments for that. But yeah, there is nothing better. There really isn't it. Um. We did take our little road trip down to Huntsville. Yeah. Obviously, for those who were paying attention and or at least following us on social media, posted a few pictures, posted what we were doing and pictures of us there at. The Bernard Johnson Coliseum. I just, again, cracks me up that our Coliseum is called the Johnson Coliseum, uh, and theirs is also called the Johnson Coliseum. Like, I mean, I guess imitation is just the highest form of flattery. I need to fact check which one existed first, because I really don't know. I really don't know either. Um, Or was named first, because it could exist. I was going to say which one was named Johnson first. Yeah. Yeah. That would be really interesting to find out, to be fair. I'm almost scared to look because if theirs was first, we're, we're going to feel really stupid. Yikes. Surely not, though. <laughs> but anyways. Anywho. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Let's talk a little about our road trip, though. 
Yeah, so we basically we just we just drove down there and went straight to the games first. Uh, and since the ladies didn't play until 2, and then we decided to eat dinner afterwards uh, since we'd be done around 7. Um, but we did meet in person one of our uh, followers that we, like, connect with on Twitter, Keely. Um, yeah, Keely, that was great. So that was I neat. know. Uh, but anyway, so then we went and ate dinner afterwards at a little, a little joint called the Potato Shack. It was very good. Oh, it was so good. Oh my God. You know, and I had heard about the Potato Shack from a couple of my friends who went to Sam Houston again, and so sorry for you. Um, and so whenever we were looking at restaurants, I had threw it on there, on our, on our list of places to potentially go. Cause I'd heard that, you know, they enjoy <laughs> going there every single time they go visit. Uh, Huntsville and so I was like you know well and then we decided well we'll just kind of figure out after the game's over like what we really like are feeling like for food and so we decided to just hit up the potato shack and man oh man oh my god best choice ever like I haven't had an actual potato like a (laughs) full-fledged baked potato in probably like six months um and it was worth it holy crap Jacqueline tell them what you had though um, I always laugh when I say it because I just, I mean, I know I'm saying it correctly. It's just a weird word and I don't like it, but anyway. It is a weird word. Uh, but of course they had poutine on the, on the menu, so I had to get that and it was really good. It was good. It was different. It wasn't like your standard poutine because it's supposed to have like cheese curds and stuff. Um, but it was like french fries and they had a bunch of mozzarella cheese, but it was like good mozzarella cheese. So, um. Because, you know, I'm kind of snobby about my mozzarella. And you could tell it was good mozzarella cheese. Um, and then it had, like, crispy chicken and corn and gravy. And it was really good. Um, and they did have my favorite cider, of course, the the Austin East Ciders. It's my favorite cider. And they had that. Um, and then we both got uh, funnel cake fries, which were really good. Um, I will say, though, my stomach hurt really bad later last night because I just know it did yeah I don't the last time that I ate funnel cake I got sick and I just don't eat stuff that fried or sugary like ever so oh no I didn't get sick but I just was like oh I should not have done that but they were good (laughs) they were so good so yeah I ordered um I had the funnel cake fries as well it was so funny because I walked up first night I ordered like my meal first and I was just looking at the menu because usually Jacqueline looks at the menu prior to us going um, and she said she had looked at the menu a little bit, obviously. And so it was just funny because I was like, yeah, I'd like some of the funnel cake fries. And she was, I was going to order the same thing. I was like, oh, my God. We were just on the same page on that one. Um, yeah, and then she said, well, we can share them if you want. And I was like, no, we'll get our own. <laughs> okay. I'm going to well, be a pig. I didn't know, like, I, well, I didn't know how big of an order it was, first of all. And so, and plus, you know, me trying to you know, try, try, keyword, try, try to be good with like low carb food. I was like, well, maybe I'll just have like a couple, you know, just have a, a couple. But then as soon as I realized that it was like a, not a huge order, I was like, okay, fine. Like I'll just get my own. And it's probably a good thing I did because I ate that whole fucking basket because it was so good. Yeah. There um, weren't so, a whole lot. So yeah, it wasn't like a huge order or something. If it was a bigger order, I'd have been like, well, maybe not. Maybe I'll just have one or two of yours. But anyway, so ordered that um i also ordered for my main dish was the hot wing potato um which basically just regular baked potato but it had um like almost like i would say boneless chicken um wing kind of yeah pieces kind of 
sprinkled on top of the potato. Um, and you could have choose between having it in mild, spicy, or spicy garlic um, sauce. And so I chose spicy garlic because I really love spicy garlic. Anyway, so... It was I, delicious. That sauce was, it was so, good. so good. Yeah, that sauce was so good. Like, I was really considering... Like, I was to the point where I was, I'm just going to go up there and order some hot wings in this sauce to <laughs> go and then eat those today for lunch. I almost did, but I was just... When, as soon as we were done eating, I was so full. Like, I couldn't even, I could barely move to the car to go and, like, sit and drive home for an hour and a half. Like, I was so full. Like, I, I felt, I honestly didn't eat again until today at, like, 2 o'clock because I was still full. Like, I woke up full, and I was like, there's no way I can have anything. And then guess what we had for lunch today? What? Wings. <laughs> <laughs> from where? Hot wings. From Wingstop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, anyway, so I was just, I. I love wings and wings are pretty good for the most part, low carb meal. So, um, that's usually my go-to if I can't think of anything else to eat. But anyway, so it was just, it was just a really good, obviously I don't like going to Huntsville, but it's just, it was, it was a good day. It was a good day. We went, saw the girls win, saw the guys win, had some good food afterwards, saw some people that we hadn't seen in a while in the stands and met a few people like Keely, um, that we always are interacting with, but just haven't met before. And so it was a nice day all around. It was a good trip. Can't wait to make some trips next season, some new trips. And so we're just excited for what the future has to hold. I just wish that obviously we could, you know, continue playing, but out of our hands anyway. So, um, all right, let's just talk about the background. I know we've talked about it before because we already played Sam Houston once, but let's just add a little refresher. Yeah, so going into this game, the matchup history was we had 53 wins and 46 losses. Uh, our largest margin of victory was 85 to 53 in 2004. The smallest margin of victory was by one point in 2012. And then um, our last matchup was in January of this year, whenever we played them at home, and we won by 10 points, 78 to 68. Um, mm-hmm. Don't know if I updated where they are currently, but um, let me fact check that real quick. What are you looking for? I don't know if I updated their current overall uh, record going into Uh that game. Yeah, give me two seconds Um, and I will... Well, they were probably um, 13 and 2. So going, no, because that was from the last time that we played them. I just copied and pasted it. So going into that game overall, they were 19 wins and 7 losses. And they were 13 and 3 in conference. Um, So they're 13 and 3 now. Oh, sorry, 13 and 2 in conference. Um, Yeah, so they were were 13 and 2, yeah. So going into that game, they had lost to SMU by 30, Tech by 32, Boise State by 31, LSU, Texas. Uh, Of course, then they lost to us. Then they lost to Abilene Christian. And then they lost to us again, but uh, but going into that game. Um, So their wins, they had won against Dallas Christian, Howard Payne, Letourneau, Rice, UTRGV, Mary Harden-Baylor, Nichols, Sela, Central Arkansas, Lamar, HPU, ACU, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, 
Uh, okay, so they beat Nichols again, Southeastern Louisiana again, Central Arkansas again, um, Lamar again, Houston Baptist again, and Texas A&M University again. Um, so there's that. So the starters for the game, we had our, our normal starting five uh, back in the lineup. We did end up getting the dub, 64-59. And they showed that their attendance was 1,215 for that game. Sweet. So um, while you were talking, I did do a little bit of fact-checking, and it turns out that William R. Johnson was built in 74, and Bernard was built in 76. But the year it was named Bernard Johnson, according to wikipedia which i know isn't the best source but i really couldn't find anything else um was 1986 because when it first opened it was called the university coliseum ah so it turns it's looking like but when was ours named do you know well it it didn't it didn't necessarily say that it was whenever it was built that it was something different okay named something different it just said William R. Johnson Coliseum, 1974. So, like, I'm assuming it was called William R. Johnson Coliseum in 1974. Gotcha. So, as of right now, it stands that they definitely copied us in a way. Yeah. Yeah, just very funny. We, we do like Peyton's uh, reference of William R. Johnson, or Johnson Coliseum South is what he calls William it. William R. Johnson South, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, just I mean, Johnson Coliseum South is funny because they're both Johnson, but not the same first name. You know. Right. Right. Anyhow. Uh, okay, so after that game, obviously the standings aren't super critical to us anymore because why would they be? We're we're done. But might as well just remind everyone what the current what our current standing are. Um, we did end up the final season or the in the Southland being fourth in the conference at twelve and three. Uh, Nichols was obviously first at 14 and two. Abilene Christian was 13 and two and Houston of course was 13 and three. Um, when it comes to seating in Southland Conference tournament, I know again, we're not in the tournament, but I just figured I would let everybody know where everyone's at and how many teams actually made the conference tournament. So pretty much 10 teams, they expanded it to 10 teams this season. I'm assuming for reasons being that, they didn't have a tournament last year. Um, so the seeds and bracket for this year's tournament have been finalized. They again expanded it to 10 teams. It begins on Tuesday, the March 7th, I mean, March 9th. I'm sorry. So obviously Nichols, because you know, they're just so lucky they didn't play us or ACU. They secured the number one seed and its first regular season conference title since 2018. Um, and then, of course, Abilene Christian was second seed, and Sam Houston was third seed. Uh, Northwestern State, fourth. New Orleans, fifth. Lamar, sixth. UIW is eighth seed, number seventh seed. I'm sorry. Um, Southeastern was eighth seed. McNeese is ninth. And then Houston Baptist squeaking in at number 10 with a losing record of 5-18, and 18 made the conference tournament at number 10. Yeah, and the only reason they made it is because we weren't able to go. Correct. So if they they were able to go, they would have been knocked out, and we would have been uh, the fourth seed. 
under Sam Houston. So literally only the bottom two teams did not make it. Like only the bottom, I mean, after, outside of us, you know what I mean? Right. Yes. So like that's why. literally the correct. Yeah, exactly. Literally the only two teams that didn't make it were, um, uh, well, other than us. So we obviously for reasons that we hate and also uh, central Arkansas and A&M Corpus Christi, <laughs> which is wild because typically those are two teams that always make it. I know. So yeah. So just a wild season, completely wild in general. I have, no words for the season. Still irritated about the Nichols situation because I just I think that's wild. I really honestly at this point hope that Nichols gets their ass whooped to somebody, um, preferably ACU or Sam Houston, um, because I think those are the two best teams in the league other than us. So, yeah. Um, and to obviously talk a little bit about the ladies i can either just talk about it now let me let me wait i'll, I'll do it at the end i'll, I'll leave okay. that. i'll leave that i'll leave that at the end yeah 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 um since they're obviously uh they're still in it so and that is the end of me ever 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 having to talk about softline conference standings ever again and i'm so happy <laughs> Okay, so the um, John Kennedy stat section, our field goal percentage for the game was 46%. Our three-point percentage was absolutely abysmal at 11.1. Free throw percentage, not the best, but it was 68%. Um, We did leave eight points out there on the table because we were 17 of 25. Um, Points in the paint, we had 40 Points off turnovers, 16. Second chance points, 13. Fast break points, 10. Bench points, also 10. Total rebounds, we had 42. We had 10 offensive boards and 32 defensive boards. Um, Fouls, we had 16, which actually was not bad. They had 23, so they had seven fouls more than us. Uh, Turnovers, we had 22, which was not the greatest. They only had 18, so we did have four more than them. Um, steals, we had eight blocks. We had five. Our game leaders, uh, were Gavin and David. Um, they each had 17 points. Uh, Gavin nearly had a double-double. He had eight rebounds and one assist. Uh, David had three rebounds and four assists. So they really led the way with the points. Everyone else was in single digits. Um. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I will start into my feats of strength, my starting five. Um, So just the very first one is just the most general, but it is just always wonderful to beat Sam Houston. It really is. And that game, uh, which I'll get more into it on my grievances, but they kind of started out a little bit hot. Not really hot, but um, they did come out a little bit where I was like, "Mm -mm, are we going to let them get the better of us at home? Because it's it's just such a rivalry game that – you never can tell, um, you know, where where the emotion and the energy is gonna is gonna fall. Um, but it was it was very hard fought win, and I almost got a little nervous at the end. So we had like a ten point something lead with you know less than two minutes. I was like, okay, well we're good. I mean it's possible, but it's not probable. But then we kind of did let them get close, and they had to start the foul game. And anyhow, obviously we came out on top. But it's just always wonderful to win. Um, so defense, 
I had a few good points. Um, David got a steal on the very first possession. Um, and then Cam had Cam had a great steal and a fast break. Nigel had three steals. Um, so it wasn't our best defensive game, but they were they were scrapping pretty good. So um, I was happy with that. I wish we could have caused them to have more turnovers than we did, but um, still good. Uh, on offense, I was pleasantly surprised. Charlie was like really banging in there kind of from the beginning. Um, got some second chance points and he got a great assist to non-off or some little easy backdoor action. Uh, Nigel had some great drives in. He, he did score only four, but, um, he took some good looks and forced some things. Um, Charlie also got four, uh, David made a really, he only made one of one out of three on threes, but it was a really clutch three like towards uh, the end, I believe, to kind of put us up over the hump. Um, mm. And then my last one was just we we did force them on, I guess on offense, obviously, we really took it to them and forced them to get in some foul trouble. And so they were in some major foul trouble. And that, I think, is what, what helped push us over the edge besides our 40 points in the paint. But because um, Demarcus Lampley and Tristan it. Ick P, I guess if that's how you say it, uh, both fouled out. And Zach Nuttall, which is kind of their, like, star player, had four fouls and got to sit for quite a bit of time in the second half, which part of that's on my grievances. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call that sitting, but yeah. So, yeah, so I will save that for my grievances. But we, we uh, did a good same. job of getting their guys in foul trouble, so. Yeah, no, I, I think definitely just like we started off last time, having a joint conversation about refs and sh- we should do that. Yes, because uh, yes. because I I I share this grievance with you, and I agree with your with our uh, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And we'll, I almost we'll, missed my last uh, feat of strength, which I would be so upset if I did because it was hilarious. Like this is so oh god yeah minuscule, but it was great. So like towards the end of the game, very end of the game, it's like less than two minutes when they start having to foul. They um, they intentionally foul um, Calvin to get him on the line, and none of our guys lined up. We were all just staying back on D, and y'all know Calvin struggles with his free throws. Okay, so he sinks the first one, and he steps forward and air high fives the two empty spots where our guys <laughs> would have been. I was dead. I was like, I mean, he doesn't make them often, so he's got to get those high fives in where he can, even if there's nobody there. That was just so funny because, like, it, it was something like <laughs> – it was like it felt like he, he – I don't even know. It felt like it was something that he planned on doing, but for some reason I feel like it was just so like natural for him to be like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was hilarious. I died. I was laughing so hard, man. But towards the end of the game, I felt like it was a, a mixture of emotion. I'll, I'll say this before I, I, I tackle my uh, feet strength. It was just like so many mixed emotions because I was like happy and ecstatic that we were ahead and winning and that we were like, again, like most likely going to win the game. And then I was also getting frustrated at the fact that, that like there were so many calls either – not going our way or like we were making some silly mistakes and so it was like they were like slowly kind of creeping their way back in towards the end of the game and I was just like getting really frustrated but also like elation frustration elation like back and forth back and forth back and forth I'm like 
can we end this game and get the actual H out of Huntsville? I'm pretty sure yeah. I yelled the same thing. I was like, we just want to get the hell out of here. Like, can we finish this up? Yeah, and we were we were ready to go and get out of get get out of there as soon as we arrived. Like, yeah, as soon as we walked in the door, I was like, I'm gonna get this shit done and over with and get our wins and go. Yeah, and I was getting hangry towards uh, the end of that game as well. Yeah, so. and if you've been around Jacqueline when she's hangry, then and you know, if you know, <laughs> you gotta feed that girl as soon as possible because it is just yeah, not like a, good a twenty time, minute you know? window before it gets ugly. About approximately and the thing is is like we were getting really close to that 20 minute window because she started getting real lit <laughs> real lit <laughs> and oh man we yeah we'll, we'll talk about that in a second because again Jacqueline and I shared the grievance on a few of these things so um all right so my first one as it will always be when we play Sam Houston and get a W I will honestly take a W to Sam Houston in any sport any sport Basketball obviously being one, but I will take a W over them in most things in life. I will take that over most things in life. Like, I will take that over, like, me winning the lottery. I'll take it over, um, you know, any sort of, like, award I win. Anything personal in my life, I will take SFA beating Sam Houston in because I don't know if, I don't know if I've ever explained how deep my hate for Sam Houston goes, <laughs> but it goes pretty fucking deep. Like... It was to the point where when I graduated grad school and I moved home to, to take like a six month break from just like work and living and life um, and just sit at home and do nothing for six months before I started looking for a job. Um, once I started looking for a job, there were jobs open at Sam Houston and I refused to apply for them, even though I needed to get a job. I guess like, to that, that point where I was willing to not work rather than take a job at Sam Houston. I couldn't have done like, it either. No. Dad, literally, my dad at one point said, like, you know, there's, you could check Sam Houston. You could always apply there. And I'm like, Dad, I will literally do anything I can to avoid that concept. Like, anything. Anything. And I know that sounds horrible. It's like, Alex, come on. Like, again, it's a job. It's not the end of the world. Da, 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 da. I'm like, no, no, no. I don't, I don't think you understand. Like, I physically get ill when I step into Houston, or not Houston, Huntsville City Lines. Like, I get physically ill. No, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. I won't do it. I will never do it. I won't even go to grad school there. I, do you think I want to get a fucking d- degree from there? Absolutely not. Yeah, no, no, we don't want paper hanging up on the wall with Sam Houston's seal on no. it. I don't even like buying things, and I know Peyton's going to fucking read my ass for this, because he's like, he's, he's, he's always talking about how I wear orange and I'm like, first of all, I wear orange when I'm going to an Astros game. Yeah. That's a different color orange. I wear orange when I absolutely have to for work because, of course, knowing my luck, I do get, I did get a job at a school that's blue and orange. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So those are the only two times I will wear orange ever, ever, ever. If you look in my freaking closet, I have no orange. If you look at my drawers, I barely have any orange. I probably have two shirts that are orange, and they're both one Astro, one is for work, and Angelina. That's it. I I, I won't even buy orange. Nothing. Yeah. Not Nothing. unless it's for that I don't specific even like, purpose. I, don't, I won't even buy oranges, the fruit, unless I have to. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so any anytime we get a W over Sam Houston, 
I will take it, especially after we had a rough loss just a few days prior. You know, the fact that we were able to nut up and persevere and come together as a team and as a family. Again, I'm saying we as if I was on the freaking court, but you know what I mean. Um, and, and, And win against our most bitter rival is always just so sweet to me. Like, I feel like a comeback W after a hard L is like so much sweeter because it shows how well the team can bounce back and come together and just overcome adversity than anything, you know? It's hard to say that you yeah. overcome adversity when you win, you know, 15 and 15 to 0 like you like you totally wipe the board with the whole conference. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, we've overcome so much adversity. It's like, well, eh, not not necessarily. You just are dominant, you know. Uh, but when you're struggling like that after a hard loss, you know, and the last thing you're thinking about is preparing for the next game ahead, and then you have a really crappy practice um, to get ready for that game, it's like, shit, you know? But anyway, so let's talk about some good defense moments. I noticed that you mentioned Charlie having good good looks down and doing well. Yeah, he boxed out really well. He, yeah, he had did. a couple, yeah. Uh, I believe Charlie also had, let me see here. He had, I think, at least one block, if I'm not mistaken. He had, uh, yeah, one block. He had, he had two had, blocks. Charlie had one block. Nana had two blocks. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it was all It's fine. okay. Yeah. Um, he had an assist on there. He only had one personal foul. Only, I mean, he got... The, Three rebounds, but he, still he got three red rebounds. Um, he hit two of his free throws. He had, a, I mean, he had four points. Again, doesn't look like he did a lot, but a lot of what he did was obviously not on the scoreboard. I mean, he was yeah. working hard down there. He really was. Another person who was working hard down there in the paint is Nana. Nana was working overtime down there in the paint. He was a blocking machine. He had two blocks. Um, I mean, anytime he was in the game, he was working hard, trying to battle down there in the paint. He did a great job. Uh, Calvin had a nice block as well. Nigel had three steals. I mean, just doing well across the board there. Um, offensively, Calvin had this. And the only reason why it's in my feats of strength is because of the fact that it was so insanely ridiculous that I couldn't help we couldn't help but laugh um obviously it's kind of a because it didn't like go in but he had this monumental dunk and it was so like so embellished I mean and he literally tried to dunk that some bitch down with one hand and and that ball sailed hit the rim and sailed into the into the air so he was way the hell off on the dunk but the fact but the fact that he tried and he was so aggressive with it so early in the game like I really think that was like one of our first not first but like maybe second or third possessions of the ball it was such an early attempt to be aggressive to the basket I was like that's that's a strength right there like I want to see that aggression from him all the time yeah I'm very glad that you mentioned that because I definitely like said when it happened I was like I'm not even mad about it like I'm just so thrilled that he tried like I want to see him try to dunk more often because that's the only way he's going to get better at it and I need to see that aggressiveness on offense from him totally totally and so I 
I was so proud of him. Even again, even though that dunk was just way the hell off, and my God Almighty, it was just so bad. It was beautiful, is what I'm trying to say. And that's the only reason why it's up in my feet, strength, and not in agreements. Because <laughs> if that would, if that now say if that would have happened, like maybe like towards the end of the game, I'd have been like, all right, cool with the aggression. Like I like the aggressiveness of it, but Jesus, like we needed we needed stuff like that to go in. Like not in the beginning of the game when the game literally just started. Like. We, we can afford it then. We can't afford it with two minutes left on the clock and we're only up by four points kind of thing, you know, because that's just a wasted possession. Anyway, so I'm glad he tried it early on and not at the end of the game. Um, try, again, I mentioned Charlie. He was doing really well. Again, he had a moment where he – I think this is when he got his, his main points was uh, he got a rebound, put back, and then got fouled on the put back. And so I'm pretty sure that's when he at least got one of his points was on that – basket right there um and david had four assists he was playing well again showing out for his family his dad bob and and his brother matt his identical twin brother matt were both there watching him play his last game again hopefully on his last game as a lumberjack but again we don't know um who knows at this point anyway he did well uh i really really liked the crowd that we had from sfa again i know that we couldn't have as many people there as we usually do just because again covid and we have more to say about that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was we had a really decent crowd regardless. There was a lot of purple there. Very proud of y'all for either making the trip down or making the trip up, depending, again, where you live. Um, sat next to my friend Devin, who lives in, uh, lives in Dallas, and he came down for the game. He usually does. And um, usually we sit next to each other, and so it was nice seeing him. I'm glad he came down. Um, and really just really proud of Gavin and David for carrying the team yesterday and really just literally holding their own. Cause again, they were the only two that scored double digit points. And so both with 17, uh, just really kind of rocking and rolling and really proud of Gavin for that eight rebounds. He was really doing well down there under the paint or under the basket, even when he was getting double teamed many times down there. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to our second section. The with the airing of wings. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're gonna hear about you. Oh boy. All right. Now, Jacqueline, here we go. Which one do we want to start with first is the question. I think we should start with the, the staff and the masks and stuff first. I agree, I agree, because that's what we came and into the contact tickets, with first yeah. was the staff. And the mask slash seating issue. So listen, y'all know we are totally on board with wearing the mask. And that's fine and dandy. And we are so happy to do so. And we remind people to do so at SFA on our podcast. Absolutely. Um, That is not the issue here. That is not the issue. But they literally were like policing the section. where I mean, if you had it off your face for like two seconds... They were up in your grill. Can you put your mask on? Can you please put your mask on? Yet there were people all over their section not wearing their mask. And freaking Hooten didn't have his on most of the game. It's just, it was just wild. And again, like, we are not mad at the fact that we had to wear them in the game. We're not because we wear them when we're at the SFA game. Like, it's not the fact that we have to wear them. Not at all. We are not complaining about the fact that we had to wear them. Oh, woe is me. That is not it. Absolutely not. But it's the main fact that First of all, where Jacqueline and I were sitting for the girls game was literally near no one. Like 
we were sitting up in the stands where we bought our, where we had to buy our tickets because uh, those are the only ones kind of available at the moment. And the only people we were sitting by literally were three rows behind us, you know, way more than six feet away. And then my friend yeah. Devin was sitting two feet away from me. And that was the end of it. That was it. No one else was near us ever. And literally I took my mask off for literally two seconds to a take a sip of water. And I, then I put the mask or then I put the water down on the ground. And then I was turning and having a conversation with Jacqueline who I sit next to and see <sighs> all the time. Okay. Of course, you know, they don't know that, but still. Well, but if you bought your to, seats together, then it shouldn't, we're already exposing ourselves to one another. So it shouldn't matter. Right. Right. Exactly. This lady came over and I kid you, not even two minutes after I, I had it down for literally two seconds, two seconds. I felt like it felt like it was two seconds. It was probably more like two minutes, but still having a conversation. She comes over, um, ma'am, I, I need you to put your mask back on. It's like, Oh, sorry. Uh, but the thing is, is it, it was, it, it was over overboard because it wasn't just me. It was everyone. But the thing is, is I have no problem with the, with asking to put it back on. That's not the issue there. It was the fact that they were overly policing our section. And then across the court, I could see at least three people at that moment that did not have theirs on either. And they were not eating or drinking in that moment either. I was like, how do you know that I didn't just take my mask down to like reach down and grab my water again? How do you know that I didn't reach? I mean, like, it's just, it's so arbitrary and so ridiculous. Like, how do you know? Like, and apparently COVID doesn't exist when you're eating or drinking, but yet it exists when you have it on. Like, I, I just would like some, it's just wild. And of course they were seat Nazis about it too, um, because as soon as the girls game was over, we know for a actual fact that there were multiple people there, mostly parents of the girls team that were not gonna stay for the guys game. They're not, because they don't stay for the guys games on double headers. And it's a thing. They get up, they leave, which is fine. Don't yeah, and it was, it was their last game, okay. and it was like a bunch of, it was some of the seniors and stuff. So I'm sure they were going to like eat and spend family time together afterwards, you know? Exactly. And they already had told us that there's no re-entry with tickets. Like, there's not. So I'm sorry that if I know for a fact that if A, B, C, D, D person sitting in this row for the entire girls game left, and they're not coming back because they've already left the freaking building and they can't get back in, then there's going to be nobody sitting in their seats. Correct? Correct. So I see no reason with me and Jacqueline and my friend Devin walking down and sitting in those same exact seats because they were open. Nobody was coming back. And why do we have to sit all the way up at the top when there's multiple seats and rows available down at the bottom? We're not hurting anybody. We're not technically taking anybody's seats. So of course we go sit down there. And of course, Mr. Mr. Big Shot event staff walks his little ass down the stairs and comes and says, um, excuse me, uh, you know, where's your ticket for these seats? But, like, to pref but to preface, Alex had already asked Cox's wife and she said that she had gone and asked at the ticket office and they said, if they leave and they're not coming back, you're welcome to sit in those seats because they even had stickers on the seats that had either a check or an X saying if if it was a seat that was allowed to be like have someone sitting in it because of how they had socially distanced everyone out. So like we had already been told if these seats mm -hmm. are set as seats that people can sit in and the people who were sitting in them left, 
then you're welcome to sit there. Correct. Yeah, exactly. 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 And then he wants to come down there and ask to see our tickets. And we're like, the people who sat here left. So, you know, we were told we could sit here. And he's like, oh, okay, well, I guess if they're not coming back, then it doesn't really matter. And we're like, no, it doesn't. And And I was like, moreover, if they come back, like, that's our fans. It's people that we know. So if they come back, then that's like, that's between, that's on us. That's on us to be like, okay, we'll get up and move. Like, you won't even have to be involved because if they realistically were coming back, obviously we would move. But we knew that they weren't, which is the only reason we went and sat down there. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm just like, I am, uh, any other time, any other time we've gone to games and it's been very relaxing, very chill. But for about 20 minutes there, they just were giving everybody hell. Everybody. 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 And again, I understand it's COVID. You want everybody to be safe. You want everybody to be safely distanced out, wear a mask. I get it. God, I get it. But the fact is, is that I literally stood there and I, I told the man, I was like, listen, he even asked for the tickets. Like, he's oh, like, well, did they give you, did, did they give you your the tickets? And I'm like, no. Why do they have to give us their tickets? Like, they're gone. They're not coming back. And you already sat there and told another person that there's no re-entry. So why in the actual hell would they try to get back in the game and have to like pay for tickets again when they're, when their game's over, they're not coming back. They're not coming back. It was just wild. It was wild. And he, the thing is, is he just kept coming down and talking to Cox's wife, Cindy behind us multiple times saying, well, you know, until the game starts, they, they can't sit there. I'm like, what is the difference between them sitting here now and then submitting here when the game starts? And maybe if they would schedule their games better and not have a freaking hour of dead time in between the, the doubleheader games, then that wouldn't have been an issue. But I digress. Yeah. Again, what, but again what, is, what is the actual difference between if we know that these people aren't coming back, what is the difference between them sitting in the game prior to the game? start or five minutes after the game starts what is the actual difference there is no difference they're just they were just trying to be difficult and multiple times i looked up behind me and it looked like him and his little partner in crime over there miss mask nazi were talking to like i guess like a ticketing person or something because they had like on a polo shirt and name badge and i'm like he was just like talking and like pointing in all of our directions and i'm like go ahead and send down your boss because i'm gonna tell him the same thing because (laughs) again it's retarded it's ridiculous. It makes no sense. Like, and they, and they never did come down because again, they're probably smart people and they realize like it really actually doesn't matter. It, Anywho, it did not at all. It didn't. All right. Okay. So the second Jacqueline, grievance, I, I have to go on this yeah, one because this was. I handle. Yeah. You you take you take over this rant. I ramped. I ran. I ran it about the other stuff. This is you, but I'll chime in. I literally went off, so, and Alex knows it is rare for me to go off and just be yelling at the referees nonstop. But this literally just like got under my ass so bad. Yeah, they, she never yells at the refs because ever. Because I mean, yeah. the last few games, the refs have been super stingy and like strict about if. If anybody stands up on the bench, God forbid, to cheer for their team, to tell the guys to sit down. And so this game, multiple times, they're telling our guys to sit down. Literally when they're just standing at their seat on the bench, which they're already all socially distanced out and like way far off the um, sideline because they have the first row of seats on the front. Since they're spread out so much, there's only like four or five seats on the front row. And so that those seats are only the coaches. So none of the players are even sitting on the first row. They're sitting on like the second or third row back off the sideline. And um, 
anytime they would stand up to cheer, the, the refs would tell them to sit down. Well, then, lo and behold, number 10, the biggest shit talker on their team, gets in foul trouble and is sitting on the bench for some time. Well, he's sitting in one of the seats on the front row, but then, yeah, for, for when he actually was sitting. But then he keeps getting up and, like, I mean, literally, I watched it back today, and you could see it on the film, on the film like, a couple of times, a few times. Because um, most of the time, it was when we were on offense, which was on the other end of the court, so the camera didn't catch it. But um, he would be, like, walking up and down their baseline like he was one of the coaches and talking to players who were on the court. At one point, he was, like, crouched down behind Hooten on the sideline, slapping the court with his hand, like, on the actual playing court, like, inside the, inside the lines. And no one was saying anything. Like, the referees were watching him standing on the sideline and not telling him to sit. I was about to lose my ever-loving mind. I was not about even, to lose But it. not even the Sam Houston coaches gave a shit because – you know, usually, again, if that would happen to, like, one of our guys, you know, somebody was standing up too long and, like, cheering, you know, you'd have somebody get back, go back, you know, whether it be Coach Cox or Mason or um, Chris Keith would do that sometimes or even our trainer, El- Chris Elliott, would do it. Um, you know what I mean? Like, they're not going to – they don't let SFA dudes stand up for any length of time on the bench and cheer or yell or do anything. But yet they let number 10 – Mr. What's his face? Uh, Zach, Zach stand no. up and literally be a coach for about twenty minutes. And it wasn't that he did it one time; he did it multiple times, multiple, multiple times. He would go back, sit down, stand back up, and do it again. And I'm just like, is no like, are the referees even looking at the Sam Houston bench ever? Because again, yet again, freaking Hooten was over there losing his ever loving mind. Again, without his mask on, without his mask on. Yep, yeah, mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, and it's just wild. Also, to note the fact that they did give us a technical foul. I'm assuming it was on Keller or somebody on the bench, um, but yet it's not listed in the box score. So I don't know if they if they write down. No, I don't think they gave it. When are you talking about? There was they, te- they, they text they te- didn't they not text somebody up? No, at the end whenever they called that foul on Gavin a flagrant one, only the shooter sh- goes up to the line, but they didn't ever call tech. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about the girls' game. They teched Kellogg. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh yeah, you're like, right. You're right. Okay, okay, my bad. I was like, somebody got a tech yesterday. Like I know they did. Okay, yeah, it, they text Kellogg in the girls' game. My bad. Yes, and then they gave Gavin at the very end of the game for a freaking flagrant one. Uh, well, okay, so I will discuss that super quick because I was really pissed off yesterday at the game whenever they gave him that foul, and I was like, that was just the most BS flagrant one ever. However, whenever I watched, because it was on the other end of the court because, um, you know, it was when they were on offense and one of their uh, guards was going in for a layup. Um, and whenever I watched it back today and saw the replay, like it, it absolutely positively was not intentional, like not at all. Um, but the flagrant one is if, if they foul them anywhere above the shoulders, it doesn't matter what the intent is. It's not, it's not saying that they were trying, that he was trying to injure the player, but he hit him above the shoulders. Um, so it had nothing to do with the intent, but he did. It was just, it was so accidental because it was like the guy was coming past him and he went to try to block it, 
with his arm kind of behind him as the guy was passing him through the lane. And since the dude was shorter than Gavin, like once once he got under his arm, basically his face, like it wasn't even really, uh, like the contact wasn't even necessarily initiated by Gavin, but the dude like ran up under his hand and literally his hand like caught his whole face. So it was, gotcha. a, it was a flagrant one, but it wasn't by any means like intentional or. Right, because that'd be a flagrant too if it was intentional. Think so. I can't remember the exact yeah. definition, uh, which but. makes sense. I mean, that, and that's fine. And I'm glad you rewatched it and you went back yeah. and looked because at the moment, yeah, we were pissed off because it didn't seem uh, like it was an intentional thing. And obviously, like you said, it's not necessarily intent. It's just you fouled him above the shield too hard. Like, yeah, okay, got it. And that's fine. And that's really fine. Again, it was on the other side of the court, and it was hard for us to tell. But and if, you know, at same you said like are all big talk about, you know, their facilities uh, on campus, but yet they don't even have, they the have a tiny ass little board and it's behind us. We yeah. have to like turn and we have to turn and crane our necks to see any sort of replay, which they didn't replay it. Um, so have no idea. I don't and, think they can play like nice videos up there because I didn't see them playing any kind of videos on it. I don't think it's that uh, like tech savvy. No, but I'm just saying, like, as much as they spend so much money oh, yeah. on facilities on campus, like new buildings and new this and new that, they sure as shit haven't updated that damn Coliseum much. I've heard anyway. the locker rooms are really nice, but they need a new uh, scoreboard. Like, that's just... And that's great. Because we're getting it. new locker rooms, too, baby girl. So I know. I can't wait to see them. And we, and we have a badass scoreboard, so to them, too. All right, so to finish our grievances, I'll finish mine out, and then you could do yours. Um, so we've talked about the stupid refs and we've talked about the staff and all that stuff so we can skip over those on our lists. Um, one of the first plays of the game was a really, really nice steal, but, and here's where the grievance comes in, the B-U-T, the big <laughs> butt. We literally gave it away, like, immediately after we got the ball. Like, we literally went down the court, tried to pass the ball too long, and it just immediately went out of bounds. Like, we just gave it away immediately on, like, on our very first possession, literally. Like, we got the steal. We were looking good. We were going down the court and then just bad passed it right out of bounds. And I'm like, well, this doesn't fare well for the rest of the game. Like, as soon as that happened, I made the note on my phone. I'm like, here we go. Like, please, Lord, let not this be, like, what we're doing throughout the whole game. Um, another thing I want to talk about is number 10, Zach. Zach, not all, is probably the biggest shit talker I've ever seen in my life. Well, at least this season um, on the court. He was trying so hard to get into the head, specifically the one time I saw it the most was against country. First of all, he was, mm -hmm. he was guarding country, which kind of seems like a mismatch to me. Yeah, whatever. it was. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, he was guarding country, and literally they're on the side of the court, uh, the wing closest to us in the stands, so we could hear him. He's literally down there saying, what up, Daniels? What up? What up, Daniels? Uh, what up? What up? What are you going to do? Uh, uh, what are you going to do? Uh, what are you going to do, Daniels? Uh. And I'm like, bruh, I'm going to need you to calm down. And the best part was is country didn't say anything back. Nothing. <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. Until he 
either block the ball, I think it was. I don't know if it was a block or he he made a uh, layup or something, or he assisted in a layup. I couldn't remember the exact moment. And literally it happened, and all country did was turn and look to number 10 and just smile at him. Like, <laughs> the biggest Cheshire grin I've ever seen in my life. And I was just like, <clears throat> dying, dying. I was like, now see, that's how you shut up a shit talker. You don't have to say anything back. Yeah. You just, you prove it on the court. You prove it with the score. Like, that's how you shut up a shit talker. That's the best way to and do was, it. No, 100%. And I was just laughing so hard. It was, it was hilarious. Uh, so number 10 can actually just take a seat. And he was the same guy who was doing all the standing and acting like he was, you know, uh, Coach Hooten's assistant over there for way too long. Um, same guy. Yeah. A few other not so great moments. Uh, I know Jacqueline will mention this as well. We had multiple shot clock violations, two that were actually right back to back. We were passing into the paint. Not that it was a bad thing to pass into the paint, but we were doing it at the wrong times. Um, just wasn't communicated very well because a, there was either nobody there, and so they were passing the ball to nobody, and it went out of bounds. Again, turnover. Boom. And we ended up having, let's see how many turnovers. 22, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Eight. Oh, sorry. I was looking at the wrong people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 22. Exactly. 22 turnovers, um, which, again, isn't the worst we've done all season, but again, uh, we've had less. So that needs, that needed to be cleaned up obviously. Uh, um, or we were passing it into the paint when Gavin was getting double teamed, which then turned into either it getting knocked away, uh, and then turned over or it turned into Gavin getting the ball and then trying to fight his way out of the double team and trying to get a layup in there. And then that not going down or, of course, him getting fouled just one other two ways. Um, it was just, again, the passing into the paint wasn't really doing well. Uh, we did let them come back early in the second half. Uh, we were up at half by, let's see, it was 28-19, so almost, almost 10 points. And we let them come back into the half. And at the 16-minute mark or so, it was they were within a few points. It was 31-27. So... We let them come back early in the second half, giving them some sort of chance. And it, I just, at that point, I was starting to get very, very nervous and on edge. Our three print, our three point percentage was absolute dog shit. Like, I don't think it's ever been that low. I don't think so either. I think that's the lowest. Obviously, yeah, we'll we'll definitely cover that in our um, postseason stat podcast. That eleven point one is. I mean, yeah, we we only took nine threes, so that's better than taking a shit ton and only making one um but still we only made one out of the nine which is not good <laughs> not not good not not good at all Ugh, that's just gross yeah and then my last grievance is the fact that this was our final game due to all the stupid ncaa sanctions that they levied upon us in april um i have grieved about it i'm grieving still and i'm giving grievances about it currently it still is absolutely ridiculous i we've, i mean I, we've already covered this but and in length but i just i think that people other schools have done worse and have gotten a slap on the wrist and we are not only getting a postseason ban but also the fact that we had limited practice 
um, more so because COVID and then also because of the sanctions and then losing uh, scholarship. I don't even know how many scholarship scholarship positions. And it's just, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, anyway, what are you going to do? Can't do anything about it. I know that they were all, people are saying, well, what are you supposed to play for then if you can't do any postseason stuff? Like, well, there's a lot to play for. There still was still was a lot to play for. You know, you know, we played to beat San Houston. We played to, you know, make a good run of it to try and win the, you know, postseason, um, or not postseason, but to win the regular season title. And we probably would have if we would have actually been able to play all of our games. Thanks, COVID. Yeah, I agree. It would have been a it would have been a lot different. I think. A hundred percent. If we would have been able to play all of our games as scheduled, or at least made up, right? And if Nichols um, wouldn't have gotten, like, the weakest slated schedule in the conference, then they wouldn't have won outright. So that would have changed. They got a, yeah, they got a cupcake schedule. Didn't even have to play ACU or us, again, two out of the three uh, best teams in the league. You kidding me? Uh, good luck, Nichols, being the uh, best team in the Southland Conference going forward in a shitty-ass conference good for you high five <laughs> thumbs up you know shit um and a few other things obviously yeah i mean multiple of our games got canceled due to covid and then you know it was just oh there was a lot of stacked against us and it's just it was just yeah. wild just a wild season i'm glad it's over i wish we obviously could do postseason for our seniors and for our team who deserve it after the literal clawing and fighting to even just remain in the top half of the, of, of the standings due to all the bullshit going on. Um, but yeah, I think this season would have turned out a lot, lot differently if we didn't lose a hand. I feel like, like it, it, at least five games, right? At least, I mean, the, the first three in the beginning of the season, Yeah. but like conference wise, conference wise, what, at least like two, I think. Oh, I would have to look. I would have to fact check myself. Yeah. I mean, it's just... Ugh. Anyway. All right. That's it. I don't want to go over it more because... Yeah. It's just going to irritate me okay. more. Okay. So, mine, in addition to the, the the staff with the mask and the seating and then the, the number 10 standing the whole entire freaking second half... Um, so at the, at the very start of the game, like I said, they just got two like back-to-back threes, and I was just like, I, I mean, in a rivalry game like Sam, like you just can't let them get a hot streak like that going right at the beginning. Like you have to deny those those open looks on threes, because um, it, it gave them a good spark for a minute. Luckily, we didn't let it last long, which was great, but that could have been very very tricky. Um, so I have a few <clears throat> grievances on offense. Um, our free throws, like I said, I mean, not not the worst free throw percentage we've had at 68%, but we did leave eight shots, just, you know, eight points on the table that we could have that we could have had. Actually, probably more than that because I, I bet a few of the misses were one in the front end of a one-on-one, so we could have gotten more. But I digress. Uh, yeah. Cam and Rati had some, and I'm not picking on them, but we, we had a lot of sloppy passes during that game, but the two of them mm-hmm. combined for 12 of our 22 turnovers. They each had six turnovers. Um, so that's just, that's a lot. Uh, and then, we, like Alex said, we had the shot clock violation multiple times, which I was getting really pissed off about. And I watched it back today, and even, like, there was what I don't know 
actually how many went down on paper that we got shot clock violations for. Because, like, there was one where we we got the ball off in time, but it was, like, a Hail Mary shitty shot that we threw up just because someone finally clued in that the shot clock was about to run out. Um, and I just – who that is just – it's just inexcusable to have several a game, in my opinion, because whoever's running the point guard on those possessions, like – Anytime that you're a point guard and you're on the floor, like you, you have you have to be the one responsible. Sorry that that rides on your shoulders, but you have to be the one running the offense and watching the clock and telling your guys, hey, you know, less than ten seconds, whatever. And when I watched it back today, uh, you could see one of the times that we we got one. I like ripped off my mask to yell about it. I was not happy. Um, I needed them she to was. hear me. I, I, I thought that they, I, first of all, I, I thought you were going to jump over the barricade and come down there and whoop that ref's ass. And then I, then I thought I was like, oh shit, these bitches are going to come down here and yell at you for whipping off your mask. They needed to hear me. I was like, watch the freaking shot clock. Like, are you kidding me? Like someone, at least one of y'all five has to have some sort of clue, like how much time we have left counting down. Well, and then you also ripped off your mask whenever you were yelling at the refs to get number 10 to sit the hell down. And I was like, damn. I mean, like, that mad to rip off the mask about that. Again, you don't get mad at the refs often, but when you do, holy shit. No, I did, and I still don't think they heard me. But I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, if y'all are going to come down here one more time and tell our dudes to sit down, then you need to tell number 10 to sit his ass down. Like, he cannot be pacing the sidelines and slapping the court, and yet our dudes stand up on the third row and they're told to sit. It was just Correct. not sitting with me. Um, so do, my few, my I only had two little notes on defense, but um, and I didn't even notice that all of this kid's points were in the second half. But my dad texted me after the game, and I guess a good bit of it was probably when Tin was out pacing the sidelines. But we let zero score twenty four points all in the second half. It's just a lot. That's a lot. Um, yeah, that's wild. Didn't realize that until after. Yeah. The game and you, yeah. And then this one was just more funny than, um, I mean, it, it, it is a grievance that needs to be rectified, but I, I swear there for a few minutes, every time Nana was in, like, he didn't know who the hell he was guarding. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't know whose responsibility it is to tell, like, probably the person he's coming in for, like, somebody freaking tell Nana who he's guarding. Like, let him know. Let him know who his man is. And there was one possession where I'm pretty sure it was zero he was guarding. And it was, like, total mismatch that he was, like, guarding a guard. And it was, like... So disproportionate that when we called the timeout and they came out, Alex was like, uh, tell what you heard uh, Wade say. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so they're coming out I'm gonna sit for a timeout or for a media, I can't remember, and they go and they sit down and they're all there sitting there talking. And then I hear, I can just hear Wade. He rip, takes off his mask, looks at Nana and goes, good job, Nana. <laughs> And you never hear Wade say much during the games. And so that's why it was, it was very, it stood out to me because he normally doesn't say stuff like, like he doesn't say, let alone good job. Like he, you know what I mean? Like usually yeah. he's yelling at the guys about you know, blocking or, you know, whatever. But it and was just hilarious because it was such a, it was a moment, literally, if y'all could see our faces, I could, we could replay his face because he's literally looking like a lost puppy on the court. Like <laughs> he had no idea. He had no idea. And then he's looking at the bench, like, with his hands, like, who, who, who am I guarding? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, like someone, 
Someone tell that boy who he's guarding. Gosh. Help. Help. Poor guy. It was just funny. It was poor, poor, poor little Nada. But he was, he was doing good. He, he was, he was good. He was doing He fun. did his best um, anyway, which is why it was funny, but. And yeah, exactly. It's like, Nana, you did the best you could. And it was like, <laughs> it was like good job, Nana. But the, all, the whole, all the team, like country, Calvin, all of them were laughing. Oh. They were coming off the court. I, I didn't see what Wade said because I was dying laughing at Charlie dying laughing that Nana yeah. got stuck guarding yeah. that little guy. And, and you know what? And I was, I'm so glad that we were able to, you know, move down and sit closer because that was probably the closest we've been to the team, even at our own stadium, uh, all season. Yeah. And so it was, I, we've really, really missed sitting near them and hearing and actually hearing a, the conversations and the goofy stuff that they do and say to each other. And then just kind of being involved in what's going on on the court that closely. Cause it's just hilarious hilarious i mean and then jalen was being a goofball he was over there messing with everybody messing with chris elliott just messing with everybody and i was just like see this is what i miss sitting right behind the team and i feel like we talked about it last time is the fact that not being able to sit right behind the team it's kind of been a disadvantage for us because we don't hear and see as much sitting six rows back but we also don't create those kind of relationships with the team because they don't necessarily notice that we're not sitting right directly behind them yeah for sure that's my biggest grievance of the season but we'll save that for next yeah the next we'll episode talk about that in, our, in our in our next episode for sure we'll dive more into that too um okay so Jacqueline one word describe the entire game analysis let's hear it I said exhilarating because it was just it really was I, I get I get so pumped up I mean that's just that's a that's like a textbook uh, rivalry game that, you know, it really has, it has a lot of, it's like a roller coaster. It's up and down, man. It's exhilarating. Like when, when we're afraid we're going to give it up, we're so distraught. And then when we, we come back on the high and we win, it's just, it's just the best. It really is. Um, and mine was perseverance because again, I, I mentioned this earlier during my piece of strength of the fact that we were able to come back after such a hard, hard loss to ACU just a few days prior on Wednesday and come back and and come together as a team and play well enough to beat Sam Houston who've been playing really good all season minus when they played us um because we just you know seem to have their number on the court which is fine with me baby but you know it was just one of those things where they they persevered through that entire game. They came back. They were gritty. They were playing in a you know in a good way to say desperately because you know again at that point there wasn't anything to play for except for that win. That was it. That was all they had left to play for was to beat their rival and end the season on a high note. And that was what they did. And so hardcore perseverance. So proud of them. I mean. Just proud of them, man. I don't want to cry, but I'm proud yeah, of them. Yeah, no, that's such a great word and such a great point to make, and we can use that to segue into Keller's. Um, it, it wasn't the post game interview, but like there's a video on SFA Men's Basketball Twitter of uh, his little talk in the locker room afterwards, and because after yeah. after the ACU loss, Alex and I talked about it, my dad and I talked about it, and we we were all at the same consensus of this this can either go one of two ways. Either they're going to come out on Saturday against Sam and just 
not care because you know they're yeah. they're just got the wind taken out of their sails. They're so defeated. They're not they're not playing for any anything. I'm using like air quotations, but you know we have no postseason to work towards. Um, and at that point, we weren't going to be able to have any share of the the outright title. So. Um, there wasn't anything of that nature left to play for, or we were like, they're going to come out and be ready to, um, you know, get a win for their last, their last game for, especially for any of the seniors, uh, seniors not coming back and just a rivalry win. So we were like, it's, it's going to go one or two, one of two ways dramatically. Um, and so that's, that's yeah. basically what Keller said in his, uh, in his little speech afterwards was, um, he just got real emotional and saying how, how proud of. The guys he was, and we completely agree with everything he's saying, that, you know, this whole season's just been such a roller coaster and nothing's been guaranteed and there's been so many things they've gone through with COVID and um, and then not having anything tangible to play for since uh, we took the postseason ban and just how proud of the guys he was for for still sticking in there and trying so hard and and not just making it a throwaway year, you know, because um, they could have done that. yeah. Oh, they totally could have. I mean, as soon as they found out that their ban was held up for this season, they could have just shut down right then and said, all right, that's it. Like, we're done. Like, we're just going to literally phone in the rest of the season. They could they could have done that. They easily could have. Um, and, yeah, like, I made some notes about what he said during the during the during his little super emotional speech. Like, it was it was very emotional. He started crying. They really choked up. I started freaking tearing up watching it because I was like, man, this is oh, like, hitting me right in the ticker. Um and he was talking about their character, who they are as men. He was talking about how proud he is, proud he is of them, them, the coaches, their parents, because they raised them and they instilled good morals and values in them. He was talking about how the practice before the game, they went horribly, but yet the night before the game, apparently all the players and all the coaches shared and put their emotions on the table and on their sleeve and everyone got emotional and oh boy, I was like, what? Wow, he said that Gaben, and that you guys, you never see Gaben get emotional, and he was definitely emotional on Wednesday versus ACU game. Um, and then I guess apparently the night before, everybody was just getting emotional and letting out, letting it all out. I'm just like, oh my god, oh my god. And then he said he cannot wait for next year, and he said that he cannot wait because they will have something to play for for next year. And I'm just like, yes fucking go we can't and it was wait just, it was very it was very inspiring and it gives us hope for sure plus that post-game celebration with all the water flowing everywhere and uh you know everybody dancing and having a good time and david getting lifted up into the air by cam i believe it was it was just really it was really sweet really great um some tr- some instagram troll commented on the video saying real classy uh destroying her a locker room and i'm like a it's water and b oh geez who what destroying the locker room it's water my friend and also don't tell me you haven't seen other teams do the exact same thing when they win a big game not at home every team does that that is every not, team does it that's Give not destroying break. that is not destroying Anyway, it's water, bruh. Give me a break. When I saw that on Instagram, it took everything I had of me not to reply to that person. Everything I had, everything I had. Um, anyway, uh, another 
random kind of comment we had. It was so funny because I posted on Twitter. I said, hey, we're going to be recording our podcast. If anybody has any comments, random statements or questions, you know, go ahead and post them below. And our, <laughs> one of our favorite followers living in Chicago, John Irwin, he literally put, is it football season yet? <laughs> <laughs> no. It's not, not yet, John. I'm sorry. <laughs> not yet. No, but I, we cannot wait for a football season for Colby Carthel and uh, the Jacks to start playing in the fall again. So, Almost, but no, it is not. We still have a bunch of other sports to get through. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. All right. So, yes, guys, obviously, this is the last basketball-related podcast, meaning basketball game-related podcast of the season of the Southland Conference. But next year, we'll be hitting the whack, and it'll be a whole other ball game. But we do have other episodes planned. We have, Like I said, we have, we're going to do a wrap-up for the whole season. Um, we're going to do a whole podcast about the whack and going to the whack. We're going to hopefully get out to a baseball game or two and do some potentially live podcasting or live recordings at the baseball game. And hopefully maybe a few more, who knows, we'll figure some things out. And then of course, like we always do during the summer, we'll probably do a couple random ones during the summer, maybe a update who, you know, where our guys are now of some notable alumni, um, if you got, if anybody has any ideas for podcast episodes, please, please, please let us know. Um, I'm sure we'll probably, you know, do a, a, a life podcast. We've been talking about doing it for a while. Talk about relationships. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you don't want to hear that. Um, anyway, okay. but lastly, and most importantly, let's talk about those lady jacks. So, uh, of course, like I said, the women clinched. They're 14-0 and 0 in conference. They are perfect. The only team in the Southland to go undefeated this year. They ended the season with 44 points. I guess 14-0. and 0. They are the number one seed in the conference tournament. For Katie, uh, the next closest was actually Southeastern Louisiana. They're the second seed. They only had 31 points, and they were 10-5. and 5. So no, there was no one even close. No, yeah. no one even close to them. They ran the freaking gamut they ruled the field it was just a, a amazing season from them just an amazing season uh anyway so like i said their first seed in the number one seed in the tournament and they do not play until uh, saturday march 13th at one o'clock in katie and that game will be televised on espn plus so make sure that you watch that game again that is on saturday march 13th one o'clock it'll be on espn plus and they will play the winner of game five. And in game five, it's Lamar versus the winner of game three. And game three is North uh, Central Arkansas and the winner of game one. And the game one is Houston Baptist versus McNeese. So there are four options who we could potentially play on Saturday. It's either going to be HBU or McNeese, Central Arkansas, or Lamar. So those are the four teams that we could potentially play on Saturday. And then when we win on Saturday, we will play in the championship game, knock on wood, but it seems pretty likely on Sunday, March 14th at one o'clock. And that game will be televised on CBS Sports Network. So if you haven't purchased your tickets to Katie, I highly, highly, highly recommend that you do so ASAP. There's only a limited amount of tickets available for that. Uh, Jacqueline and I are potentially planning on making it down, maybe not for the semifinal game, but definitely for the championship game on Sunday. Fingers crossed. I don't think we'll have any issue winning on Saturday and going to the championship game on Sunday. So 
let's hope. Yeah. Can't wait. Cannot wait. All right, guys. It is not for the last time that we are signing off for the season, but it is the last time we're signing off talking about basketball statistics for the season. We will come back hopefully within the next week here and post an episode with the season recap. Uh, but, man, end of season, last game. And it's just kind of weird to say that it's already the end. It is weird, but at least we knew – yeah. A little bit more in advance that the end of this season was coming, unlike last season where it was literally like the day before we were going to leave for Katie. Yeah. Yes. At least we knew it was happening and it wasn't like a, like. The rug was just check. pulled out from under your feet. Yeah. Cause that's. Right. Anyway. I agree. We'll, we'll save agree. that for the season wrap up. Totally. Absolutely. But. I agree. All right. So I hope everybody has a really great night for those who are on spring break. Hell yeah. Can I get a hell yeah? Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> well, hopefully you guys have a wonderful week and have a wonderful Sunday night. And as always, Axe and Jacks. With Alex and Jacks.